Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, Scary Stories, Stories to, to Tell on the pod. pod. It's a podcast about spooky things for bookish adults. What? That's the most, I'd say that is the, the most terse appropriate way to put it. It's terse. Terse. We're in November now. We're in Deadwood. We're... Yeah, it's what? November in Deadwood. What's I, Deadwood? I just remember, remember the show about, remember, they, they swore a lot. They were in the Old West. I remember the show Deadwood and uh, that there was a lot of fan fiction about it, but I don't know anything about it. But they're I terse. Don't, I don't know anything about it, but I but how we just said terse sounds like a way they would say it on, on Deadwood. <laughs> terse. This episode is brought to you by, by Deadwood, Deadwood, a show we don't know, <laughs> but we think it's terse. I think it ended eight years ago, and that's fine with me. Yeah. Andrew... How are you? Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Oh, okay. This is a little, this is a little, um, a different interpretation of spooky. Okay. Chris and I, I've ne- I had never seen, um, the show survivor before the pandemic at all. It, it was, not, I, I had zero interest in it. I didn't want to watch it. Oh, um, then over the pandemic, it became a comfort kind of background viewing and we're now watching older episodes of it. And the dangerous thing about watching older episodes is that there are people who you will develop crushes on. <gasps> then you will be tempted to look them up on social media and their opinions and political thoughts are bad. Anyone who is in shape in 2005 can't be trusted. Yeah. If you are good at games, you are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you need a vaccine? <laughs> if you can swim while wearing sh- shorts. Yeah. Oh, it's like, a, the, yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, a, a seemingly well, ladybird is popping off. She's what got some hell? things to say. She doesn't like that we're talking. I, you know, what was interesting when we walked in today in very rare ladybird form. She came up and was like very much wanted to be pet. Yeah. What's going on with her? Does she have to poop? I don't know. But she, she seemed to enjoy being pet, which was really nice. Something's urgent. It means more coming from her. I gave her. It does. Yeah. yeah. And in that way, she's a cat. Um, <laughs> I just gave both dogs some Costco ribs meat, not the bone, because I'm not a monster. Right. Uh, and Lois is the most asleep she's ever been, and Lady Bird <laughs> is panicking. They're both going in different directions. <laughs> that is, I mean, any pork products. That's that's the only. There's no middle area. No, that's what they all dogs long for. Hog. That's, don't. That, <laughs> no one make merch that don't says that. Make merch don't please. put that on anna dresden's imdb quotes anyone listening is like we weren't going to and like <laughs> please don't expect us to all dogs want hog all dogs yearn for a hog it's it's the don bluth movie no one was asking for oh my god um anna did something scary happen to you this week i guess it's like i so <laughs> Uh, the only spooky thing is I was put on hold until the doctor's office was closed and oh, then no God. one picked up. But this is another health related spook, which is how, you know, we've been doing this podcast for the right <laughs> amount of time. Yep. Um, but I'd been calling and calling and apparently they use like an outside scheduling service. Oh, but like, so it wasn't the people who work in the office. I hate that. Um, but no one picked. I just kept calling every day, multiple times a day, and it would just be on hold so i was singing the song by myself but then i was like i'm six minutes away from this doctor's office i'm just gonna go in person oh did it work it did but i definitely they looked at me like i was gonna kill them <laughs> and they made sure to tell me like it's not us it's another service sorry um but there was a man so i was like i was transferring records from another doctor's office sure. because they, <laughs> they they just kept doing this thing where I would show up for the appointment. They'd be like, there's no doctors here right now. 
and I'd be like, so why are you open? <laughs> like, what's And also on? then what is this place? Yeah. So it's like a, um, they have technicians who can do like scans and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and, but no doctor who like knows what they're looking at, which I'm like, all the technicians who do the scans know if you have cancer or not. Yes, just tell me. They, just tell me. Don't yeah, be like, whisper it. oh, the radiologist isn't working. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's I'm, four o'clock on a Friday. I know they're not here. They're golfing. <laughs> you tell, you're looking at it. Yeah. You're telling me you're like all day, every day. All I do is look at this, but I have no idea what's cancer. Are you insane? No, it's Friday at 4 p.m. They've taken their kid to the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park at the movie theater. <laughs> they're at the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> watching, what's his name? John Williams. John Williams conduct live score E.T. Live from his coffin. Oh, just God. Just throwing the bo- baton around. <laughs> They're not here. I know they're not here because I'm talking to you. Oh, my God. Um, But the other office, they also, the woman told me to take off my shirt and bra in front of her. And I was like, do you want to leave the room? She's like, I mean, I'm going to see it in a second anyway. And I was like, that's not what a doctor should say. That is so distressing. Uh, It was, it was, and it was also like she, it was so plot, like her logic was sound. Right. Like she was going to see it, that it made me think, is that something that, is normal and i'm weird for thinking that mm. but they shouldn't no they sh- you shouldn't do that you you need to be given a heads up like like this process can be this process should begin earlier if they're ever going to ask that which they shouldn't to begin with yeah no the person doesn't need to be in the room i do think this is just her but yeah. uh but anyway this other office which seemed better but there was an old man there who was eating something while wearing a mask And the mouth sounds, I'm not going to do it for you, but just picture, (laughs) do you ever hear something and know that if your partner were there, they'd be pulling their hair out? Yes. Like Jason's nightmare is old man mouth sounds. Yeah. Which does sound like a scary story we'd read on this podcast. But it's just this weird man wearing like an old man hat. Um, You know, the hat that has like the button that it buttons to itself, like a newsboy hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... He just kept, he had a bad attitude and it was fine. But then he was chewing the whole time. And this is like a breast imaging suite. What? See, he was there picking up um, records for his wife. Yeah, you need he, to take up less space if you're there to pick up your wife. so much less space. Yeah. There's like a bunch of like awards hanging on the walls from women who'd completed treatment. Yeah. Like, and then this guy like chewing and... Uh, I didn't know if it was that he didn't have his teeth in and was like mouthing around. Oh God. Which is, I'm allowed to find that weird. Sure. I'm, I don't have to not find that weird. Uh, anything you're doing before any sort of breast exam, you're allowed to find. Weird. No, no one wants to hear that sound when they're thinking yeah. about a breast exam. No, no. Um, but he was like, you're just going to give me the records. You don't want to see my ID. And the woman was like, well, you gave me her yeah, like number you- or like her doctor's office order number. I can look at your ID if you want. He's like, yeah. And he took out his, uh, it's just wild. But then, uh, I was driving home and there was a huge backup on uh, the street near my house. And I looked and saw it was because this guy was slowly jaywalking in the middle of a very busy street. Just his big like pickup truck that he was driving, which I was like, that's a zag. Sometimes the spookiest thing is people behaving unusually. It just, it, it felt like, do you ever see someone that's like, it feels like someone's describing your behavior sarcastically after the fact. Oh, sure. Like yes. it's so exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I feel like public eating. 
I mean, one time famously, I was at a Broadway show and someone took out a big sour pickle in a in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> and that's when I was like, this cannot stand. I think maybe we need to go back to like etiquette classes. Pickle. Mandatory etiquette. Sour pickle. And you ask me, how would you know it's sour? It's because the man said that it was sour as he was eating it. He what? was taking bites and he said, sour. That's... Yeah, that doesn't that again sounds like something right. that's exaggerated. That, yes. And and yet and yet this was in like fifth to last row at company, the 2007 Broadway incarnation. I've seen it the third time. Um, yeah, this was this was right around the time where I think I was grad my my I was gradually watching Raul Esparza's performance being like, hmm, definitely not totally <laughs> buffering. straight. <Yeah. laughs> you weren't out. You yeah. were buffering. <laughs> when, when the brokest college student imaginable, imaginable is paying $20 three times to sit around men eating sour pickles, <laughs> then you know something's going on. Something's going on. and that, But that is the most New York-y thing you can do is eat a pickle at a Broadway show. And in, in a certain way, it feels like I'm, I'm, I'm invading his culture. You know, yeah. like like the purest form of New Yorker is eating a sour pickle in the fourth to last you row. You were the gentrifier in that situation. <laughs> exactly. It was not my place to call the usher over, and I simply didn't. No. Let him. Anna, you have today an exciting book. A new a, a new book for the for the series, really. A new book for the series that was given to me by none other than Andrew Farmer. That is true. Which is you. Uh, as a housewarming gift, which I love. And this book is called Cursed Objects, Strange But True Stories of the World's Most Infamous Items by J.W. Auker. Um, it's a really nice book, I I'm, think. I feel very honored that you're that you're cracking it open today. Of course. Yeah, this has been on our um, our object shelf. Oh, which yeah. Which is really coming together. It's a but great it, shelf. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty enough book that I was like, this has to go on a shelf. I can't read it. But <laughs> dear listener, I pulled it off. Um, and I thought it might be fun to uh, have you pick a random number. Oh, that's exciting. And then we could go to the thing. We're, we're having fun on the pod today. We're having fun on the pod, pick okay? It might backfire, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> I'm going to pick. Okay, it's. I'll tell you oh, the great. range between 18 all the way up to 254. Wow. Okay, I'm going to say 121. Okay, 121 is closest to a story called That Voodoo You Do So Well, which makes me nervous, but yeah, I am going to oh, turn yeah. to it. Immediately. Bo- what? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no. Dear listener, uh, what you may not have heard was Siri off mic calling my friend uh, David Sidorov unprompted. Es- esteemed TV writer, comedian. Also, anytime I've asked Siri to do anything, it's like, did you say you want me to call nine, <laughs> one, one? Are you sure? And this time it was just like getting, he's hold for David. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and why, what did it hear? I I, I am, yeah, so we'll, I, we'll just pref- we'll just preface. I did not know that we, that that the number I'd be picking would um would land on something voodoo related. Well, it's okay to talk about voodoo. I think it's know? okay to talk about voodoo, but it's just like we don't trust the book yet. Yeah, yeah, we we're not sure. We're not no, sure. No, I'm not doing this. What okay, side of this feels like a trap. Yeah. Um. Great. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this book is it's not. I'll, dumb. I'll, pick, I'll pick another. What about forty six? Forty six. This one's called Homo <laughs> Robbers. <laughs> 
Hey, gay. <laughs> 46. Okay. <laughs> this is nice. Um, this is a story called The Ring of Sylvianus. Okay. Well, yeah, Homo Robbers. Found it. Homo Robber. <laughs> um, great. Place of origin, Silchester, Hampshire, England. Um, it's still, it's spelled Silchester, but I bet it's pronounced like slurp. Yeah. yeah, slurp. Uh, <laughs> year of discovery, 1785. Okay. So sort of pirate time. Pirate time. Yeah. Age, 1700 years. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, current location, the Vine Shelburne Street, John, England. There's a place called John. John. That feels like it must be very old. That's when the British were like, what do we call it? A name, John. Yeah, like. I'm from Kathy. Yeah, my friend who lives in, her parents live in rural Ireland. Their address is literally the old house. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, okay, cool. But what's the street number? They were like, pass. We'll get it. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. If you're a farmer in Great Britain, you're used to turning up museum quality stuff when you plow through the dirt. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Maybe a coin from when the Roman Empire ruled the land, or a buckle dropped by a questing knight during the medieval period. Perhaps a small Celtic blade used in some dark and mysterious druid ceremony. After all, you're planting crops atop a small island whose rich history spans millennia. Oh, yeah, that's true. In 1785, while working in his fields in Silchester, Hampshire, a farmer did just this and found a gold ring, one that would turn out to be a cursed gold ring. A cursed gold ring that would inspire the ultimate cursed gold ring. (laughs) This is so many cursed gold rings. I feel dizzy reading this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The artifact was a large signet ring. Is that how you say it? A signet ring, yeah. Signet. Okay. Uh, Whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, God, there's going to come a time where I'm going to have to say that out loud. I don't know if it's like signet. I've only ever heard it as signet, which I believe has something to do with geese. Anyway. Oh, that signet is spelled C-Y. Oh, is this different? Oh, yeah. okay, well. Signet ring. This is like the ring that has like the face on it. Or not not a cameo, but like it has a flat. Oh, got it. Okay. Then is I Chris can't... looking it up? Yes. Oh, no, separate. Oh, no, okay. No. He's, he's, he's just... not helping. Yeah. Okay, good to know. <laughs> well. Mr. Rogers said, yeah. look for the helpers. And he was not <laughs> talking about Chris. Good to know. Jason is turning up his mic. Uh, it's derived from uh, Old French or Baby. from Medieval Latin, and it's the diminutive of signum, which is a token or a seal. Again, oh. coming in with the information that is not what we're looking for. But how do you it, say it's it? It's derivative of token or Oh, it said signet. I that I thumbed up a long time ago. Oh. It said signet. Can I see your thumbs up when I'm looking that way? Okay, that's one hey, point. Fair enough. That's Jason. one point for Jason. Negative one point for Chris. Oh, my God. <laughs> for all those keeping track at home, that's four billion points for Jason. <laughs> Eight billion for Chris. Okay. Uh, signet. This lar- this artifact was a large signet ring bearing the concave image of the goddess Venus on its bezel. Oh. The band had ten subtle facets like a worn lug nut. This... The way this is written feels cursed. Uh, this it, I'm beginning to see why this is more of an appearances book. Yeah, you know, the, the cover's great. I, yeah. The description of this, it feels like I took a course in college called um, like Romantic English Literature. And what I didn't realize is that it would not be about the books themselves. We studied the exteriors of the books to learn about the history 
by not reading the books. So That's we an would, incredible. We sat in a wing of the library together with gloves on and masks on, and we would look at very old books. That's amazing. Lois is licking me <laughs> very hard. She's doing her own sort of mammogram, too. She's stomping as hard as she can. Lois wants open-mouth kiss. I did a little bit lose track of what you were saying because I wanted to see... It, it, it feels... Uh, like a book for young readers. And I was looking in the back to see if it was like scholastic or whatever. And instead what I found is a picture of the author. Um, Chris, who do you, who would you say that looks like? (laughs) (laughs) This has all been a huge ploy to get all of you to read my poorly written book. For the listener, Chris said it looks like Andrew Farmer. (laughs) At first I thought it looked like Elf. Oh God. Oh my God. Well, People have often told me that I don't have a celebrity doppelganger, but if I did, it would be the television puppet Alf. You do look like Alf. I get it. I get it. Alf is hot. Alf, in his way, is hot, and he's got good hair, and I and I think that's a compliment. He's got sex energy, like a sort of Telly Savalas. Yeah, no, no pants, occasional a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, yeah. He's here to party. I'm not saying that Alf looks like Telly Savalas, the famed, the, ener- but the, the bald right. TV detective. But I'm saying like. You wouldn't expect to find it sexy, but everyone does, and they yeah. don't think about that they do. I get that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. I, I guess I sensed <laughs> I sensed this book. I liked the outside of it. I liked what it was about. I had no idea that my that my twin was the author of it. I think it's okay. Okay. Um, okay. Lugnut. Warren Lugnut made me nervous. Okay. <laughs> Engraved into the outside of the band were letters spelling out the Latin phrase "senicien vivas in day." backward so that when pressed into wax the phrase could be read from left to right as senishaneness live well in god okay okay (laughs) although the phrase was misspelled like whoever had engraved it was in a hurry (laughs) turns out he might have been running from a curse lightning crash (laughs) horse whinny finally something happened Yeah. Yeah. yeah It was a good find for the British farmer, though, made of gold and dating back to the 4th century. Old! Very old. So 1,700 years old. That's really old. The ring was worth some money and held historic interest, but that's as far as it went for a time. Again, Great Britain is nubby with buried artifacts. Nubby? I feel nervous. Yeah, I don't know that we're allowed to say that. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like you can, but, you know, it's (laughs) sort of like the word hobo where it's like... It depends on the context. It depends on the context. Yeah. If it's on a train, you can say <laughs> nubby. Um, no, they say that <laughs> right. about themselves. They're allowed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the nubs. It's offensive to say that it's offensive, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, nubby with buried artifacts, the farmer sold the ring to the Shute family, who were a wealthy and politically connected and lived in Hampshire at the 16th century estate called the Vine. The ring was added to the family's large collection of antiquities and probably would have been forgotten about had another artifact not been unearthed in the next century, about 80 miles from the farmer's field. Ooh. In Gloucestershire, don't ask me to say that out loud. Gloucester? <laughs> Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire? A- any Gloucestershire. British friends, could you let us know? They're all screaming it right now and <laughs> punching through a window. <laughs> so angry. Oh, don't hurt don't, yourself. If you <laughs> don't hurt yourself, spell yeah. it normal. <laughs> Spell it like it says it. <laughs> um, in the place are the ruins of a Roman temple dedicated to the god Nodens. Okay. He's in um, charge of healing, list. hunting, and the sea. 
feels again like a very sort of West Hollywood. Yeah, let's pick let's pick something let's pick something a little more commonplace. I know this All is like things. I'm a model, actress, photographer, right. chef. You're like okay, and, yeah, and I make wax objects. Yeah, no, you're a yoga teacher. <laughs> um, the land where the ruins are located is officially called Lydney Camp, although it was known as Dwarf's Hill in honor of the type of supernatural creatures that were thought to inhabit the area after the romans left okay <laughs> i like that it wasn't until the romans left that the dwarves were like okay now that they're gone let's live here <laughs> um found in those ruins in the 19th century was a small thin lead tablet with a curse inscribed on it thousands of these lead or stone curse tablets called dexficciones have been found across europe such as a 17th century oh, sorry 7th century Defixio found in Cyprus bearing the message, May your penis hurt when you make love. Whoa. <laughs> that is mean. That's mean. Yeah. It's not what you're looking for. It's not what you're looking for. You're not hoping for that. Unless you are, and that's fine too. But we, everyone settle down. So don't punch through another window because you like your when your penis hurts when you have sex. Don't punch through both windows. Your house is too <laughs> narrow. Know, Why can you reach narrow. both of them? <laughs> uh and the Porcellus defixio, de which features the image of a snake-haired demon above a mummified curse victim. Defixiones are a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, on the defixio found on Dwarf's Hill, the following curse was inscribed. For the god Nodens, Sylvanius has lost a ring uh, and has donated one half of its worth to Nodens. Among those named Senishanus, permit no good health until it is returned to the temple of Nodens. Wow. Haters have been around since the dawn of time. And that's good to know. It's a lot. That's right. A ring engraved with the name Senishanus was found 80 miles away from a tablet calling down a curse upon a man named Senishanus who had stolen a ring. And in those days, the name Senishanus was no John Smith. Okay. In 1888, a century after the ring was found, Shaloner William Shute, the heir to the Vine Estate, wrote about the connection between the lead tablet and the ring in his family's the ring in his family's possession in his book, A History of the Vine in Hampshire. You imagine writing a book about your house? I can, but I won't. <laughs> thank you. I, I, yeah, thank you. And that was a trap and you passed. <laughs> you passed the trap. <laughs> yeah, imagine. I guess that's just what people did for their jobs back then because they were born into an unfairly important spot. Yeah, I do. You do think about how bored people were who lived on those estates and didn't have to work. Yeah. Imagine how bored you'd have to be to write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It reminds me of... Uh, like writing a book about the house you live in reminds me of the Xerox handwritten notes that we have in our house from my great great aunt who wrote out everything she knew about our ancestors. Oh gosh. It's it's good to have. It's good to have, but it's like Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that task. No. Or when people are like, I'm collecting all the recipes in our entire family. Like, I admire that so much. Like that that impulse because it's great to have that sort yeah. of lineage. I just can't imagine doing it. Jason has one of those. I love to be the beneficiary of those. It's great. Well, it's all depression era food. Oh, it's yeah. like potato and cheese and government slime. Chipped beef. Chipped a lot of chipped beef. Yeah. It's called Cooking with Vadis, which is his Oh his I love the name Vadis. 
It's really an incredible name. I really, Jason has told, Jason has told us before that, that he has a grandmother named Vadis and I think it's really good. I have a great grandfather named Xenon. Really? Yeah. Xenon Johnson. With an X? Uh, I believe with an X. Yeah. That's future. Weird. It's future. He's it, also your grandson. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's girl of the future. Zetus Lapidus. <laughs> it means stranger, I think, in Latin or wow. Greek, Xenon, I think. And was he Scottish also? No, he, so I imagine someone must have been Mormon. Cause doesn't that sound kind of like a, a Mormony name? Yeah. I, I was going to say my one grandma's name is Vadis. My other grandma's name is Zina. And that's Zina. very, very in line. Zina with and Xenon. Sure. Yeah. Maybe they knew each other. Big vibes. They probably knew each other. Yeah. Um, but right. back to more interesting things. <laughs> back to more interesting things. <laughs> oh, How boy. old was the ring? Uh, hello. <laughs> he hypothesized that Seni Shainus stole the ring from Sylvanius while both were visiting Noden's temple. This this, this whole is crazy. The it feels like the way I feel reading this is like constipated. This is Tolkien esque. It does. You're you're reading this similarly on. I am. Yeah, this is uh, a handful. <laughs> I'm like, I'm mostly doing this so I can tell people I did this. <laughs> mm. I never finished the Silmarillion, and that was a source of great shame for me. I I think it's one that I purchased, and I wanted to be the type of kid who read it, and I just never did. It's just like reading the phone book. Yeah. It's it's not good. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, a, okay. it's a history book that didn't happen. No. <laughs> right. It's a bunch of lies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, he hypothesized that Sene Shana stole the ring from Sylvanius while both were visiting Noden's temple. There were a lot of opportunities for such thievery at the temple where pilgrims would stay overnight and dip into the healing baths. Uh, it's the ancient Roman equivalent of somebody stealing your phone from your locker at the gym. Oh, boy. Bloop. We're having fun. We're having fun. But if the ring had belonged to Sylvanius, why was it engraved with Sene Shana's name? Perhaps Seni Shainus, knowing how easy it is to curse somebody while at a temple dedicated to a god, quickly had his own name engraved on the ring, as well as an anti-curse of sorts. Such a rush job could explain the misspelling. Or maybe the ring originally belonged to Seni Shainus and he lost it to Sylvanius in a wager, but kept it anyway. Whether Sylvanius's defixio worked is a part of the story, we'll never know. Unless somebody <laughs> digs up another artifact to shed, on a light, shed more light on the 1700-year-old drama. But the story doesn't end there. In fact, it gets even stranger and relevant to anybody who is a fan of fantasy literature. Okay. In 1929, an archaeologist named Sir Mortimer Wheeler was researching the ring and the tablet while excavating Dwarf's Hill when he inadvertently inspired another story, one that eventually became one of the most popular works of literature of the 20th century. Do you have any guesses? I mean, I'm going to guess The Hobbit. All right. Wheeler needed help researching the etymology of the god name-checked in the curse, Nodens. He called up an expert in Anglo-Saxon, a well-respected professor at the prestigious Oxford University, John Ronald Ruel Tolkien. Wow, I had no idea! Known to history as J.R.R. Tolkien. That's, Is, wow, Sylvanius and Shabshanius or whatever his name was. <laughs> and Shabshanius. <laughs> Is it too late to do a Halloween costume? <laughs> I'm Shabshanius. Yeah, I'm Shabshanius. <laughs> I'm, that's mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. And then long, not long after that encounter, J.R.R. Tolkien published his genre-defining uh, fantasy novel, The Hobbit, this which tells the story of an engraved gold ring that was made by dwarves and cursed. That ring is lost and found, and its finder is chased by the previous owner who knows the name of the thief, Bagginses. Whoa. That's, 
bag it. No, he's, that's fine. Is we he saying it as Gollum, maybe? I guess bag so. Himself. Yeah. I wonder. We don't have proof that the Ring of Sylvanius directly inspired the famous fantasist, nor do we have watertight evidence that the ring found in the Silchester field is the same ring that's mentioned on the cursed tablet from the Roman temple ruins. But the most improbable circumstances and seemingly coincidental connections can sometimes turn out to be the true story. And in the absence of proof either way, isn't it more fun to believe? Today, you can see the ring for yourself. The vine is a historic site open to the public and dedicates an entire room to the piece. It's called the Ring Room in the shiny ring of Sylvanius on display. Uh, in it is the shiny ring of Sylvanius on display dis- beside a copy of the curse tablet. That's fun. That is fun. The original Defixio can be viewed at the museum in Lydney Camp. The ring and copy of the curse tablet are displayed with, of course, a first edition of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. That's you know, we really came around to that one. That was a big, that paid off way at the end. Yeah, we did We did our homework, we ate our vegetables, and then we got rewarded. Yeah, that's like a movie that plays at a small theater. Yeah. Where it's like, it's really punishing until you get to the end. Wow, that is cool. That is really neat. I also, I mean, like, it's really funny that, like, tracking, uh, like, old-timey literature version of, I said a thing and then you wrote a thing? Right. And it like it wasn't my idea. I know. Well, and also just like that that what it distills down to is just like when you work on something involving a ring that you're like, oh sure, I'll put that in my book. And and somehow that little weird history tidbit becomes the inspiration for like one of the most enduring book and film franchises imaginable. I know. It's not the same thing, but it did remind me of like when I worked at SNL and I'd be chatting with someone and be like, Oh, I went on vacation by myself. And that's sad. And then the next week there'd be a character a sketch about like, I'm with a woman in my thirties and I go on vacation. <laughs> Blah. I'm like, Oh, I go, okay. That's... <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't yeah. want credit for it. Cause it hurt my feelings, but okay. <laughs> Okay, so here's a picture of the ring. Oh, that that's scary. Describe that's it. Spooky. Okay, um, it looks very Lord of the Rings ish. That yeah. looks like it was forged from the fires of Saur- Sauron. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, it weirdly looks like it has like a little decoder on it, but is that just a a, a raised edge? So it's it, it's uh concave, so you could put oh, it into wax. I would love a wax ring. You can get them. Yeah. Etsy is filthy with them. Maybe I should consider that. Yeah, and it's got sort of like runish early english um words on it i was gonna say font i hope we're still making items that'll be found in thousands of years that people dedicate a whole room in a museum to it maybe being cursed but now say like fuck you john (laughs) oh my god well look at the little face on it fake as hell wow that looks very um leica studios the the stop motion company Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of looks like Roger Klotz. It does sort of look like Roger Klotz. You're right. Wow. And you can buy a copy of the Ring of Sylvanius. Well, I guess you know what your next housewarming gift is. No. 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 Um, anyway, so that's. I love that. That's cursed objects. We got there. That was very fun. We really got there. Um, Andrew, and, would yeah. you ever, if you would write a tablet that says curse this person. Who would I curse? Um, about an object that they stole from you. What kind of object would it have to be oh. in order for you to write a lead tablet and bury it in a hill? You know, okay. I, I, I bear I bear very little ill will to anyone. And I'm sure this was an accident, but one time early in our relationship, Chris got me a <gasps> scarf from Ireland. 
And I took it to now defunct theater, the pit and um, hung it on one of those hooks (gasps) below the bar and someone nicked it. Oh my God. And so I think I would, I think I would probably make a recreation of that scarf and I would inscribe on that scarf that not that scarf, but the original scarf is cursed. Be very confusing, very roundabout. Really disappoint a lot of people in the future. That's a really sweet gift to be mad about having yeah. been taken. I want it, and I want it to be a very light curse because I'm sure what happened is someone put their coat over it, and then when they were leaving in the night, they just grabbed the whole mass you don't and know took that. it home. But I don't know that. You're right. Someone could have wished me harm. But it does sound right. Yeah. Like a scarf is something where you're like, do I have to go return this to someone? What is the maximum amount of curse you would feel comfortable bestowing on someone? God, it really depends on who they are and what they took. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think I'd want to kill anyone with no. a curse. I don't think I'd want to hurt anyone. I'd want to scare them a little bit. Sure. That because the scare wears off. Yeah. Um, like I don't know. I mean, something I think about, something that ruins my day all the time is like. If I if I take one step onto grass and just that one step I took had dog poop in it, the, yes. the curse could be like, if there is dog poop within like 300 yards, you're going to step in it. Yeah, like, that's a what? good curse. I, that definitely, that curse was on me at some point in my life because I oh, yeah. stepped on it a lot. And now when I see dog poop on the ground, I pick it up in a bag regardless as yeah, like a good Samaritan. act of being a good Samaritan. But then recently I stopped because I found it extremely disgusting. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is horrible. Yeah. I'm not going to do this. anymore. The amount of psychic damage <laughs> it has done the human race. I think even through the shield of plastic to pick up and squeeze a poop, another dog's poop. Yes. Not, not one of my own daughters who came out of me. I think maybe, I think maybe Chris had a version of the poop curse for a while. Every year since we got married for a while, it's, it hasn't happened in a bit some poop related thing would happen to Chris. And oh. one time we went to the Airbnb. We, no, we went to the B and B that our like mini moon was, which I oh. can't believe I said mini moon, but it wasn't mini a full moon. Um, and <laughs> we took a nap and they had left two chocolates on the bed. Oh. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> and I mentioned the chocolates and Chris was like, there are chocolates on the bed as he was waking up from a nap. <laughs> and he had napped directly on the chocolate and it had melted and squirted up all the way his white shirt and all over the top white comforter. And um, he was so mortified. He was like, we have to clean this because I can't go downstairs because these like rural New Hampshire people would be like, these two gays came in and shit all over our sheets. <laughs> like, and then the next year, we were on our way to go to the restaurant where our where our uh, rehearsal dinner was, and Chris stepped in a poop right before we got on the LIRR. And, oh no! And not an hour long train. With I just poop. remember him grumbling like thirty feet away, being like, "Oh, stupid poop! The poop! I can't believe the poop! Stepped all the poop I stepped in." So I guess it only happened two times, but that's enough. No, that those are. To I don't I don't know how I'd solve either of those problems. Yeah. Every time I step in dog poop, I'm like, do I cut my foot off? Like, what's the <laughs> what's the problem? They're like, scrape it on grass. I'm like, I'm doing this feels wrong. And then also like washing sheets when you're not at home. There is a picture on the internet, and I need to find it because it for whatever reason tickles me in a way that few pictures do. And it's a little kid who's just old enough to have a snowsuit on, 
And it's that the kid just like walked into the snow, immediately fell and fell in the biggest pile of dog poop imaginable. And it's just all over their white <laughs> snowsuit. And the look of like, it's the first time they've known loathing for the world. Yeah. Like they don't want the poop all over That's them. That's where it started. Yeah, it really started there. They wanted snow. They didn't want poop. Just And just the fact of like out of an entire field of snow that the kid would fall directly <laughs> on a poop. Anyway. Anyway, everybody. And that kid is none other than Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. (laughs) (laughs) He wore snowsuits into his 30s. Yeah. He needs it. He needs it. Yeah. Take care. Um, Anna, do we want to read a... A listener tale? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I didn't ask that like, do we want to? I just meant like, is that that the vibe? this is good. Okay, so cool. So this is a listener story sent to us. You can also send us your listener stories to scarystorypod at gmail.com. This one comes to us from a listener, or her name is Alicia. And the title is Lola from Camola with a brief Brendan Fraser detour, dot, dot, dot. And you know what? I'm hooked. Immediately. I'm in. Thank you, Alicia. The amount of Brendan Fraser content in this is extremely small. That's fine. But it's like, it's like when you get cranberry juice and it's like contains one percent juice i know hey the cherry in a shirley temple is not the majority of the shirley temple but and it's, it's what also remember. it's not a cherry and it's not a cherry that blew my mind <laughs> right a maraschino it? cherry isn't a cherry what is it hold on a second oh god jason's gonna be like maraschino cherries it's are puff- from the year yeah it's a puffin eyeball and it really hurts so it is made uh of it is made from cherries. Okay. But it's oh, like they, they, they like bleach them, right? They're bleached. Yeah, They're soaked with, with sugar, food dye, and bitter almond oil for about four weeks. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's like a really, brining thing. You taste the almond. I've got egg on my face. But then I do think the stem is fake? No. The, the stem, stem has be to be fake. That would be hilarious <laughs> if they were like, well, we the one thing we can't keep is the stem. We gotta, <laughs> gotta ship in the stems different. My old man puts stems in maraschino cherries. His old man puts stems in maraschino cherries. And I put stems in maraschino cherries. We're not letting you become a drag queen. (laughs) How did you get this way? (laughs) Oh, perfect. Okay. So (laughs) how did we get there? Hi, Anna and Andrew. I cannot even begin to explain how excited I am that Scary Stories to Tell in the Pod is back. I always meant to send you my scary story and thought I had missed my chance. Yay. Oh, we're happy to be back. We're so glad you sent it. In 1998, I was a freshman at Central Washington University studying theater. I lived in Kamola Hall, the original dormitory of the university built in 1911. Eek. Next door to our theater building. Random fun Brendan Fraser fact. Brendan Fraser used to live in Washington State. At the beginning of his professional acting career, he did summer stock theater at CWU and stayed in Kamala Hall with the other actors during the theater season. The costume department still has some costume pieces with his name in them from when he was there. That's nice. That's nice. The only thing that made me a little nervous about living in Kamala was it was supposedly haunted by a young woman named Lola. I know, I know. Lola from Kamala. Convenient, right? The urban legend went something like this. A young woman named Lola lived in Kamala Hall during World War II. She was engaged to be married, and her fiancé was off fighting in the war. One day, she received a telegram notifying her that her fiancé had been killed. She put on her wedding dress and hung herself from the rafters in the attic. Since then, she has haunted the dorm. However, all caps, (laughs) 
Because I'm a huge nerd and love to do research, I looked into the history of Kamala Hall and found there was named a woman named Lois Strope who died in the dorm around the time of World War II. There actually there is actually a library in the building dedicated in memory of her. Wow. My theory is Lois became Lola and her death was dramatized to make a good ghost story. Um my dog Lois is on my lap and uh when I said the name she didn't react at all, which okay, is Okay, that's wow. Restraint. Very much restraint. So to set the scene, it's Halloween of 1998, and all of the theater majors living in the dorm put together a pretty amazing haunted house. I would love to go to a theater department's haunted house. Me too. They're really working for it. The amount of desperation. Yes. Uh, I was chosen to play Lola and would provide a jump scare at the end of the visitor's journey. Oh, wow. Okay. She booked the big part. Yeah. This person books. The night before Halloween slash the haunted house, I arrived at my dorm room pretty late at night after working a tech rehearsal for our fall show, Little Shop of Horrors. I lived in a three-room dorm suite sort of thing, and all of my roommates were gone for the night. I went inside the main living area, locked and chained the door, got ready for bed, then went to my room and shut the door. A little while later, I heard footsteps, clear as day, in the main living room area. I knew I had locked and chained the door, so I went out to take a look and didn't see anything. I went back into my bedroom and, in traditional ghost protection fashion, got into bed and put my sheet over my head. Yeah, that's what works. That is what you should do. Yes. I think you're weird if you don't do that. Right. You need to look like the ghost to keep the ghost away. And that's how they'll know. That's how they'll know. To go away. Like, oh, sorry. You had the Sorry. I thought I had booked it, but I'll go. (laughs) It was also a theater major. (laughs) Oh, scary. No. (laughs) Theater major ghost. Theater major ghost says, no, it's okay. You can pack up and then stands there and watches you with the door open. It's like, (laughs) fuck off for five minutes. Um, Okay. I swear to God, the next thing I heard was my own bedroom door opening and footsteps right next to my bed. (gasps) The footsteps stopped. And then I heard the Mylar balloon tied to my desk. I had gotten a week before for my birthday. Crinkling. Oh, God. To make sure I wasn't imagining things, I peeked out from under my sheet and saw the balloon scrunching up as if someone was using their hands to squeeze the balloon. That is... That's a very... This is scary ASMR. This is one of those weird things that feels like no one would make that up, a ghost did it. No, for sure. I pulled both my sheet and my blanket over my head and then felt something, like the palm of a hand gently pushed down on the blanket and sheet right onto my cheek. By this time, I was really freaking out and finally said, okay, Lola, hi, I know it's you. I want to sleep now, please. And then it got quiet. This is how I talk to roommates. Oh, yeah. Hi. Hi. I know it's you. I see. How is it? I hope you had fun. (laughs) Uh, I need to sleep. (laughs) Okay, then it got quiet. The pressure was released off of my cheek. The next thing I knew, I was waking up the following morning. Was Lola visiting me because I would portray her in our haunted house the next day? Was she just bored and wanted to say hi to someone? I don't know. What I do know is that after that first visitation, strange things happened in the dorm for the rest of the year. But nothing as surprising as what happened to me on Halloween Eve. Our TV and our shower would turn off on on by themselves. Ugh, I really showers. thought it was TV in our shower. And I was like, what is this? Cool. Backward school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is your classmate whose dad got rich on the stock market during the 90s. And you're like, <laughs> our horse bathroom was all. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, our TV and shower to turn on and off by themselves. One time in my friend's room, his baseball hats on the wall above his head started flying off the wall and across the room. This is huge. And more than once, our computers would connect to the internet. Remember the old school dial-up modem internet connection sound? Oh, yeah. When the computer was completely turned off. These sorts of things became so common, we just acknowledged Lola and would continue with our day. That's so nice. Yeah, Lola just wanted to be recognized, I think. Lola really was behaving like the girl who got randomly assigned to you by the dorm lottery. Yes. She's having a hard time. Uh, Really, Lola is the lone non-BFA in a BFA-heavy dorm. (laughs) She's like, I'm not one of you, Like, but have a good time. I'll, I'll support you at your shows. Yeah, I booked the rehearsal studio to dance, but not for class, <laughs> but I still want it. Wow. I do think I was the Lola. I think in many ways, we're all the Lola. We're all the Lola. Yeah. Um, and then Alicia says, this part is just a thank you. It doesn't need to be read as this is already really long. I'm going to read it anyway. Oh, my God. Because this guy right here deserves to hear thank you. And so does she. I want to thank you. I want to thank both of you for your podcast. Since COVID started, I have had to stay home because I'm considered high risk due to an autoimmune disease. This has completely changed my life. Having to give up my dream job, artistic director for a theater company, socializing in person and most of my hobbies. No, every time a new episode did and now does come out, it's like listening to a couple of my good friends chatting. It helps brighten my day. makes me so happy. So thank you. And I hope the revival of this podcast will continue as long as it's able with many thanks, Alicia. Alicia, that's very kind. That's really nice. And we're, we're, we're glad that we can be a, a source of some comfort in a really unfair situation. Yeah, I I really I if you ever want us to come to your house and have like <laughs> theater department style arguments with you, yeah, just to give you a nice dose of nostalgia, we're happy to. Right, pretending to be two nineteen-year-olds arguing over who has the better take on um part two of Angels in America. Yeah, like I've lived a whole life, and here's what I have to say: <laughs> I visited my aunt when she was in Russia one time. <laughs> I've been through high school and I've been to Idaho to visit my grandparents. <laughs> it really, it's like two people arguing about whether or not you're supposed to lift with your back <laughs> when you move a rehearsal cube. That, well, I remember being in a tech crew for the first time and a um, an upper level student very harshly saying to me like, hey, lift with your legs or you're never going to stand up again. I was like, Jesus Christ. What the hell? Because he's going to beat you to death. <laughs> that, that, was, what they, that was the, the gist, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Alicia, thank you for the, I love that you got face pushed by a ghost. Me too. You know, it, it, it ended up, it ended up giving you a very, very compelling story. Yeah. Yeah. We're so glad we got to hear it. And, and to have a little, uh, Brendan Fraser touch in there too. I mean, what a treat. It was plenty enough. Yeah. It was plenty. I did control F to see where his name was in the story and saw it ended after the first paragraph. And I was like, it's not enough, but then it was enough. It was, it it really was enough. It was enough. It had bang for its buck. Yeah. Um, Anna, what a fun episode. Really fun. And I also just want to say that we're having so much fun doing these and we're just going to keep doing them until we get a job, <laughs> which will which, you know, not be till next year. I don't think who knows when I just talked to my manager today and he was like, yeah, you know, it's still really feels like the, the studios are trying to punish everyone. So, um, We'll just see how this goes. Girl, too late. I know. What Already are you talking punished. About? I, I picked this livelihood. The punishment happened. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad in here. <laughs> it's bad in here. But it's good in here. <laughs> it's good in here. Making this silly old podcast. Yeah. Um. And you know what else is good to do? Get, Get out. out.